I'm Rachel Friedman. And I'm Tara Morgan. Here at Steady State Podcast, we are really interested in backstories, the experiences on and off the water that make people the rowers, coaches, and coxswains they are today. By sharing stories about the humanity of our sport, we're disrupting the narrative about rowing culture and celebrating real life experience from launch to cock seat at every level. If you're a first time listener, welcome. If you're coming back for another episode, thanks for being here. On the last episode of Steady State Podcast, we talked with Corinne Wiggins, the humble and goal-oriented freshman behind the Black Coxon Instagram account. We talked about mentors, leadership, the transition from high school to college coxing, and the community of thousands that the Black Coxon has brought together on Instagram, creating networking and recruiting opportunities. If you missed it, listen anytime at steadystatenetwork.com slash podcast or anywhere you get podcasts. Steady State Podcast is sponsored in part by Concept2, making world-class rowing products since 1976. Find out more at concept2.com. And Live to Row Studios, live online and in-person indoor rowing classes, training camps and coaching for every body. Visit www.live2rowstudios.com. In this episode, we're talking with Donna Pilly, a San Diego native whose childhood desire to play sports was restrained by the need to help her immigrant Filipino parents. She remembers watching rowing on TV during the 1984 Olympics in LA, but it wasn't until nearly 30 years later in an effort to retake control of her life that she committed to learn to row. Since then, Donna's found community at Zlac and San Diego Rowing Club and has traveled the world as a member of Endeavor Racing Alliance. I'm Donna Peely and you're listening to Steady State Podcast. Sit ready. So we had met last year at an Endeavor camp in Tempe. Yeah. Yeah, that camp really left an impression on me in a lot of different ways. And you left an impression on me. I remember not too long after that saying, hey, Tara, I think I'd really like to talk to Donna. And it's been almost a year, but we're glad that we got you. That's great. Yeah, and I just came back from another camp. I went to the AZ camp a couple of weeks ago. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Back there in Tempe. Yeah, in Tempe. Is that camp uh, in preparation for uh, San Diego? Yeah for Kirk Classic and just for the year in general, she, you know, she always gets the same kind of like-minded rowers, you know, women just strong who just love to love to row and be competitive. So she's getting that all together. And I, um, I row with San Diego Rowing Club. Obviously I live down here in San Diego. So, but it's just nice to get like a different view on, on rowing, rowing styles. And, you know, you can just apply it however you want, but yeah, it was a great camp. Yeah, we love Leslie. Leslie's a, a force of nature for sure. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is. When I when I loved about her at camp, and you can speak to this too, but you know, it was my first time at camp with Leslie Wright, and she she you know she knows what she wants. She knows how yeah. to get it done. And yes. um, you know, I remember like the first twenty four hours, I was like, oh my god, like I don't think I can make this lady happy. And then I think <laughs> the next the next day after one of the sessions on the water. She's yeah. like, you're doing great, babe. And like, gave me a big hug. Oh, and that just, yes. that just made it for me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I met uh, Leslie. She was actually my first coach when I very first started rowing because I, I, I started rowing back. I think it was either 212 or 213. And it was something new for me. I mean, there's a whole story behind how I even got into rowing. But yeah, she's always been that person that can just kind of bring it out of me. You know yeah. what I mean? There's yeah. Certain coaches that tell you, you know, how to do this and how to do that. And sometimes it resonates, sometimes it doesn't. But I just have a connection with Leslie and she's the one that can bring the best out of me. So thanks so much for being here. Um, what we always like to ask first off is, how is your rowing week going? The week so far hasn't started yet, but <laughs> it will tomorrow. I'm going to be uh, rowing a pair, a friend of mine. This is going to be her first time in a pair. So that's going to be fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, are you guys about evenly matched in terms yes, of we're evenly uh, matched. body, body weight, body type? I've been at rowing a lot longer than she has, but she's great. And she's, I think, I just think she's going to be a good pair partner. That's such an exciting prospect. I love the pair. The pair is my, yeah. my baby. And, yeah. you know, when you first get in and you're doing, 
you know, circles and you're just trying to like blade off the water and then you find that rhythm and are you bowing it? No, no, I'm stroking. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. And, and do you guys row on Mission Bay? Yes, we row on Mission Bay. How's the water temperature this time of year? It's pretty decent. It's it's cold. I mean, but it's not as cold as it is in other parts of the country, but it's, it's definitely colder. And, and, And in the mornings when we're rowing, it can get down to about like maybe 40 ish which is oh, very cold compared to some other place, but it's yeah. cold for California. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like a nice early spring temperature here in D.C. <laughs> we get looking <laughs> March, April. Yeah, that sounds like almost all the time here in the Pacific Northwest. It's been down in the 30s this week, but that's kind of unusual for us. Yeah. But, um, but we also row in salt water like you do oh. on Mission Bay. And yeah. I know one of the big things about doing that is the care and maintenance of the boats. And oh, yes. It's, it's a intense. chore. It's yeah. a chore. It's a chore. And then, you know, the, also the, well, the sand too, you know, it's cold. I don't know. Some, some people are, you know, they dock launch or, you know, wet launch, but we wet launch all the time in, in the winter. Yeah. We wet launch here and it's on barnacles and oh. clams and, you know, there's no wow. sand necessarily. It's wow. so gross. It's so it's gross. It smells because we were tidal. So it goes way out and then it's like all it's like goo and you lose yeah, yeah. your news. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Yeah. I started rowing at, at Slack Rowing Club, which is the oldest women's rowing club um, back in 1892. And I remember launching from there. And uh, when you walk into the water, sometimes it goes up to your knees. You're in muck up to your knees all. Yeah. And you can get your foot out. It's like quicksand, really. And yeah. it's challenging. <laughs> yeah, we have that too. And then we also have um, these really interesting folks who show up every summer and farm for clams oh wow and and so you can't tell them not to be there you can't tell them you need to you know here's here comes the eight you know coming down the beach they're they're just like you know like digging funny when you have to share the bay with you know other people they don't they don't realize that they're in the way sometimes i don't think in mission bay we have like jet skiers and like just regular water skiers and they they come so close and we're kind of annoyed with it because they're waking us out and we're like, oh my gosh. But they, they go by, they're like, hi, you know, they have no idea. No, we're not saying hi to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're more like, we're like waving a finger at you really. Yeah. Like, funny that he's been out of so fast. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, used, yeah. <laughs> I used to coach on Lakington and we had a lot of water skiers and they really had no idea what the damage was that they could do to our boats. And I had proposed at one point that we have like a 500 yards rule or some sort of rule. Like oh, you yeah. can't get within a kayak, a paddleboard, a rowing shell, anything that's human powered. You couldn't yeah. get within a certain amount of feet of a human powered shell or a, a device um, and a motorboat or you'd get a fine. On my national learn to row day, uh, my boats got waked out and I broke two eights in half. What? Yeah. I've never yeah. seen that before. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Brand new. Actually, come. Well, I've, I think I've seen an eight that, that is supposed to, you know, that you can put together, but not broken. Oh, wow. wow. It's a yeah. huge crack down the middle because a weight, they would, you know, like, anyway, I digress. So when you uh, get this pair together, what are you thinking? Maybe you guys will race uh, in some events um, together? I, I don't know. Um, ho- hopefully, I just kind of want to see how we swing together and, you know, I've always wanted to race a pair. I did one when I very first came to San Diego Rowing Club. I was lack. It did not go well. We were, you know, both new to, to each other and we didn't train really. I've been in a pair before that, but not racing. But I, I felt comfortable in it. I, I just feel like we weren't in sync as much. But, mm-hmm. but I love the pair. But uh, to answer your question, hopefully we'll see how it goes between now and the next two or three months. Who knows? We've been training together in eights and smaller boats, but not pairs. So I want to see how it goes. Well, sounds so fun. Good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so one thing that we do every episode to help our listeners get to know our guests is we put you in the hot seat for a lightning round of questions we call rapid fire. Oh, shoot. Are you ready? I don't know. Am I? Okay, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Port or starboard? Both. Bow seat or stroke seat? Stroke, for sure. Head race or sprint race? Oh, gosh. Sprint. Unisuit or tank and trowel? Tank and trowel. 
Favorite coxswain command to receive? Hmm. Up to into. I like up to into. Some people don't understand when I say up to over to into. Like that's a whole other level. But up up to into. Up to into is different than up to over to. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. It's so funny. It's like just that one word, but yeah. Best place to row? Mission Bay. Uh, A favorite piece of coaching advice you've received? A favorite piece of, oh, to uh, sit stack in your seat. Yeah. <laughs> your babe. Like, I, I, I immediately sat up tall. Sit stack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boom. Like that. All right. And last but not least, coffee before or after a row? Yes, please. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> have it right yeah. in. I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Go for it. <laughs> Okay, so let's get to the to the nitty gritty here. You were born and raised in San Diego, yes, yes, yes. And so, what was going on when rowing came into your life? Oh, well, here's well, yeah, that's a good question. So, my parents are uh, were born and raised in the Philippines. So, I have immigrant parents. Um, they came here, and I was born here. And I was always looking for something to do as far as sports goes. I'm a singer, and that was mainly my focus as a young uh, child until now. So that was my main focus, but I've always wanted to get into some type of sport. But my parents were not, um, they were just trying to get acclimated to the country. You know, my parents were learning how to speak English fluently and things like that. So I was never able to to get into any sport, but it was the 1984 Olympics. I think it was, I was in LA. It was that same year that Mary Lou Retton got the gold medal for the all around. And I remember watching the rowing. And I go, wow, I go, I want to try that. And I think it was like 12 or something at the time. I go, but how would I ever try that? Ever. Um, so years go by and then fast forward to, you know, I'm already almost, I think, 40-ish. And, um, and I was married at the time and he, at the time, and he uh, was a D1 basketball official. And so he would be gone all the time. And then I was raising his kids, which I consider my kids, but I was raising his kids all the time. And, I, and it was uh, New Year's Day. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something different this year and I want to try something that I've never tried before. And then it just, you know, it's always been in the back of my mind to try. And I said, I want to try to row. And I literally, that second, Googled, learn to row, how to, how to row. And then uh, Mission Bay Aquatic Center had one spot left. And I said, if you're interested, you, it, it costs this much, come this weekend. And I went by myself. And just did it. And I, you know, told my ex-husband, now ex-husband, I said, you need to watch the kids because I'm going and try this learn to row. He's like, oh, okay. So then I did that. And then the coach there at the time said, have you ever thought about doing it competitively? And I said, what? I can do that? You know, I was like, of course. And they're like, well, you know, there's an all women's rowing club over here. And then there's a, a co-ed rowing club over there. So I chose, you know, Slack at the time. And that's how I kind of started. And, you know, it was early mornings, you know, that's when you wake up in the morning, you're like, how'd I get here? Why am I awake? <laughs> What's going on? But I ended up, you know, going to, to that rowing club again by myself. Nobody brought me in, you know, or introduced me to the sport. I just kind of did it on my own. And then, and then it just opened a whole new world of just great people and, you know, traveling. And it's just, you know, you guys know that rowing is just a different world and it, you won't know about it unless you row too it's true i love the stories too of getting involved with rowing to change your life and a lot yeah. of us a lot of us don't quite know how it's going to change our lives but but we recognize that it does especially yeah. once we've been at it for a little while yeah. um you know i can look back at my first season in a boat and see like a definite division between my <laughs> life before rowing yeah. and life ever since <laughs> absolutely yep I, I own a bar now, like a bar and restaurant. And like, I have friends, you know, you're out, we're out late and it just, and, and it doesn't coincide with it, with the rowing or, you know, and then, or if I'm singing, if I have gigs, we're done at one o'clock in the morning or two, and then I'm rowing at 4 a.m. It's crazy. So th- it does change it, but you have to like make these decisions on, oh, when am I doing this? Cause I got to do that tomorrow, you know, type of thing. But, you know, yeah. I just always want to make sure that it's in my life because it's, nothing but good things and it's it's beneficial and if I had to drop anything it wouldn't be rowing for sure Mm -hmm. 
Steady State Podcast is sponsored in part by Breakwater Realty Group, serving Maine and New Hampshire. Breakwater Realty Group is defined by integrity, service, and expertise. Breakwater challenges you to create a vision for your life and love where you live. Visit the team at breakwaterrealtygroup.com. Breakwater Realty Group, the evolution of your real estate experience starts here. Steady State Podcast is made possible with listener support. Become a patron today for early access to episodes, discounts on SSN swag, and invitations to patron-only events. Find out more about support levels and benefits at steadystatenetwork.com slash Patreon. In two, we're back with Donna Pilly. That's one, two. Do you remember those first days in the boat uh, there at Mission Bay and what it was like to take a stroke together with other people or put your blade in the water for the first time? Do you remember those early moments? I do. I actually get goosebumps when I when when you said it, just thinking about it, just doing it as a team. And it's dark. You can't really see. You can just hear. And at the finish, when the oars, you know, finish together, you can just hear everything if you're cognizant enough about, you know, and notice those things. But yeah, I, I remember that. And I couldn't wait. I remember I couldn't wait to get on to the, you know, the more competitive teams. You know, you have to really work your way up towards that, you know, being a novice rower. It's, it's something that just it, it lights a fire when you see the other people you know, going fast. You just yeah. can't wait. Like, do we have to stay at an 18? I'm ready for <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> Coach, I'm ready. Put me in. Yeah. And then they're like, no, you're not. You're blinding me. Don't do that. <laughs> that's, where, that's where the when the Leslies come in and they, they check you like, uh, you're not ready yet, which is, they're always right. We're actually going to interview Zlack. Uh, they're going to be our club spotlights. Yeah. That's amazing. It's yeah. Such a great- yeah, there, there's such a wonderful story there and such yeah. a legacy there. Yeah. We're excited to talk to them. And then we're also doing San Diego Crew Classic. Uh, they're oh, gonna, that's awesome. Yeah, it's the 50th anniversary this year. So we're going to be help, helping celebrate uh, the 50th anniversary. It's been great. We're going to do a food truck there. So we'll be there with our food truck. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Oh, so fun. When I met you, I think yeah. April last year, you said you yeah. were about to open the restaurant. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, correct. So how'd the opening go and how's your uh-huh. first year been? Oh, what's it called? And, we're up and running. Oh, yes. It's a Filipino bar and restaurant and it's called Gas Lump- Lumpia Factory. Sometimes people say Lumpia, but it's pronounced Lumpia, which is like sort of a spring roll or Filipino spring roll. But it's Filipino food and a lot of my dad's uh, recipes and just uh, Lumpias and adobo and things like that. And the different beers from the Philippines and all that. It's a nautical steampunk-themed bar. The nautical part is because my dad loved to fish, so the whole restaurant is dedicated to my dad, who passed away already in 2020. He was born and raised in the Philippines and joined the Navy in 1964, U.S. Navy. And then he retired back to the Philippines in 1987, and I went with him. I was born and raised here, and I went with them, you know. And um, he spent most of his retired life just entertaining guests at home with, you know, beer and liquor and good food. And so the whole restaurant is kind of that type of thing where people come in and, you know, they're just there as guests and they get to experience food and the culture. And then the steampunk part is kind of factory-like, like it to be kind of um, quick food, quick and easy, casual. Well, I, I actually really had the privilege of growing up right next door from the time I was born to with a Filipino family, the Garcias. And Mrs. Garcia was a second mom to me. And there was always a big batch of rice on the, in the cooker. There was always food. They had this wonderful, large uh, vegetable garden. Um, but I also know from here in Seattle, we had a place just like what you're talking about, very vibrant and had live entertainment. And so yeah. as a yeah. singer, how is that infused into your business? Okay, so our place is about 1,300 square feet and little, maybe a little bit more, but uh, we don't have a cabaret license, so there's no entertainment. We're not allowed to have entertainment in our establishment, which, which is unfortunate. I mean, it works for us, but uh, so I have to do that separate, but it does get challenging. I was supposed to have a gig this Friday with the, with the band, and I had to turn it down because I have to work and I have clothes. So 
you started wrong. You said in the early 20 teens. Yeah. And so yeah. you've been at it for about 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you rode for a couple of master's programs yeah. and yeah. you have been rowing and traveling with Endeavor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Were you a member of Chinook before Endeavor came around? Uh, yes. Yes. But not as involved as other Chinook rowers. They're very, very fit, extremely fit, but, you know, very competitive. Not that I'm not competitive, but they are on a different level that I have yet to get to. You know, it's a lot. But I started with them when uh, Leslie, she used to coach for Zlack, and that's how I met Leslie. And then, um, you know, she was in the process of um, putting the script together, which Zlack was aware of, and it started there. And so I started with her there, and then they evolved into something that was just, you know, massive, and, and it was great. So I rode with them for a little bit. I was with them last year um, at Worlds in France, and that was, that was great. But my involvement with Chinook wasn't that extensive. I've been um, going to camps with Endeavor. So we went to Portugal last year, which was great. And then Arizona this year, that was a couple weeks ago. And then we're going to Croatia in August. I hear it's gorgeous there. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've never been. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tara and I are really interested in this notion of elite masters teams, you know, Chinook, Endeavor, I think both of those teams have different opinions about Rolodex crews, you know, yes. quote unquote, yes. what people have done forever. I mean, really, right. I've known, I know people who hop into boats at one regatta a year with their old, True. you know, collegiate crew or whatever. Okay. Chinook doesn't really want to use the term Rolodex. They want you to be there to row with their team and your team as yeah. Chinook at events. I thought it was interesting. I just this morning was looking at the Endeavor website and the language there is completely different. It's like Rolodex. Sure. We love Rolodex. You know, yes. I, I think the philosophy behind the two, though, is the same where it's a committed group of people sure. from anywhere sure. working and training off of one training plan and committing to going to camps and going to elite, you know, high level regattas yes. to race together. Yes, absolutely. The whole term Rolodex, I mean, you can call it what you want because it is what it is, you know, at the end of the day. But if they're just like-minded people, not everybody has the privilege of having boat house. You know, that's one thing that, that people don't consider. You know, luckily for people who live in San Diego, we have this beautiful boat house where we can go and row with the team. And not everybody has that. Boat houses and rowing clubs, but are they competitive? And can you even get into an eight if you have like three or four people? Not everybody has that. So it's, you know, they're committed to training together, working together. You know, we're in a Zoom meeting right now. They can train together over the Internet. It is a team. It is a team. It's, you know, not just, the, oh, hey, come and jump in this boat. I admit when I went to camp last year, I didn't really understand like that, that this was a group of committed masters rowers who have already trained together, have done other camps together. And would be racing together. I just yeah. thought hey, it's like a master of women's camp. And yes. I had kind of tapped Leslie on the shoulder and said, hey, is there any chance that you need a coxswain? And she's like, oh, well, we don't normally do that. But if you want to come as a coxswain, yes. let's do this thing. So I showed up and all of a sudden I was like, <laughs> everybody else knows each other. And then there's <laughs> yeah. me. It's a genuine team. And then we not only, you know, train together, we travel together. I mean, just experiencing things together, you know especially at this age, it's just, it, there's no words. You know, you're in, you're in Portugal with your, with your friends, you know, they're legitimately your friends. And, yeah. You know, you love to row and they're just great people. And it's, there's no, there's just no words to explain the experience overall. It is great leadership um, with the coaches. I got, you know, a little taste of it for a few days. And at the end of camp, someone asked me if I was going to be joining Endeavor. And again, like, it hadn't really dawned on me. Like, I yeah. was just there for three days for camp. Yes. But it is an interesting consideration. Hi, this is Leslie Wright, Cox coach and founder of Steering You Wright and Endeavor Racing Alliance. This is Lindsay Shoup, Olympian coach, author, and speaker, and I have had the express pleasure of working with Donna Peely through some of the camps that I've been coaching with Leslie Wright over at Steering You Right. I've known Donna Peely since 2013 when I started coaching her at Zlack in San Diego. 
Donna is such a great personality and has so much energy. She brings such positive impact to any team she's on. And what I can say about Donna is that her positive energy, just everything she brings, just brightens the entire scenario, you know. And, and not only that, not only is such a positive energy just lift everyone up, but when you coach her, she makes the changes that you ask. You can see her working. You can see her make the change in the moment. And so she has the true capacity to just have some fantastic technique. The one thing they really love about DP is her persistence more than anything is her ability to work all night, work all day, and still arrive at the boathouse with positive energy in the morning. And she worked so hard and she wants to get better. She understands how to move the boat, understands how to push, and I look forward to working with her in the future. I'm definitely looking forward to continuing to get to work with her. Follow Steady State Network on Facebook and Instagram at Steady State Network. Listen to more episodes about everything from indoor rowing to rowing across oceans. Search the podcast archive at SteadyStateNetwork.com slash podcast dash topics or listen on your favorite podcast app. In two, we're back with Donna Pilly. That's one, two. Tara, we wanted to talk to her a little bit about how Chinook and Endeavor, I think, have raised the bar. Yeah. Yeah. So Leslie was, uh, I remember a few years ago before COVID, I think it was Rowing News, used a photo of Chinook in an article about Rolodex racing. Yeah. And they didn't interview Leslie. They yeah. used the photo, but they didn't interview her at all. And I remember her posting that on her Facebook page and giving this um, commentary. Yes. on that and her commentary was like level up like there right. are masters in clubs who don't have anybody that's as competitive as they want to be who want to be racing sweep who want to be racing at a higher level and they're kind of a, on their own island and that the whole reason for developing this group was to give those people a competitive environment and then her argument was back to the masters clubs who were getting left in the dust at regattas, like, oh, there, you know, there goes Chinook, you know, yes. um, let's raise the bar. And you have seen that. You have yes. seen clubs get faster and faster and faster and more yes. fit than it's, ever. It's good. It's good. Um, I feel like it's good for the sport. You know, if you're the best, you're the best. I mean, it, it lights a fire under their ass, which I think is a positive thing, you know. And, and like, even with me personally rowing, I'm not, I haven't even scratched the surface of where I want to be fitness wise. And I've talked to Leslie about this, too, when we were in Portugal. I mean, it's not that I I can get there and I'm on my way this year specifically. I've made a commitment to that. But, you know, I'm busy. You know, I have a bar and I and, and I sing and, you know, just a, and I'm an accountant, too. <laughs> Up with that, a construction accountant. So I do all of these things. And the thing that's so great about crews like like the Chinooks and the Endeavors, they're very competitive, but they maintain their daily you know, profession. It's just, it amazes me. And I think that it's just something to really just admire that they're able to do all of these things and remain competitive and be as fit as they are. I mean, and as, as women specifically, I mean, but as far as women in careers and, um, you know, just being able to maintain that level of competitiveness and still be able to juggle everything and kids on top of that is just amazing. And, and yeah. it's all positive things. I agree. And when I was at the camp and I think a year or two before that, I had been out to San Diego and I had the opportunity to do an indoor practice with Zlack. And those two experiences for me were really out of the norm. I have been rowing for 20 plus years with co-ed teams and yeah. co-ed teams that have been pretty heavy on men. And so to be in an environment of all women was really a different perspective. Yeah. And you know, even in just those three days at camp in Arizona, like I caught the bug. It felt really good to be with yeah. that many women who are focused and goal oriented and fit and yeah. motivated. Yes. And your body thanks you when you get older. You know, if you're starting now, it's just for so many reasons. And I can speak 
to Zlat too, because I'm still a member at Zlat, even though I row competitively at sending a rowing club, but it's just this group of women that are, you know, the, the same, they have kids, they have careers, and it's just different when you're surrounded by just women. You, you can talk about things like cramps or you know, whatever it is. And so I'm a member of crew 14 and the oldest, I think the oldest living crew right now is crew eight. If I'm not mistaken, that's the oldest uh, person I think is in crew eight, but it started way back at 1892 with uh, Zulet, Lena, Agnes, and Caroline. That's what SLAC stands for. They put this group together and they started that first crew. And we're now, I think the, the youngest crew right now is crew 15. I'm in 14. And, you know, you grow together, you have kids together, you stop rowing for a little bit to raise your kids, you come back. It's just this community, you know, that again, there's, there's just no words for that either. Yeah. I had that experience rowing with Conover Rowing Club in Seattle. Oh. I stumbled into Conover back in 2000 nine and getting back into master's rowing and it was really a revelation i mean i went through a we all went through a lot together you know you go through all sorts of raising teenagers i remember there was a mom in my crew um sobbing in the boat because her teenage son was so out of control and everybody's like trying to give her advice and giving her comfort and support yeah he went through breast cancer we went through highs and lows and we and we really cheered each other on you know, very minimal drama, believe it or not, yeah. um, the group. But uh, and it was also a, a legacy club like Zach. You know, it had been around since the 80s. It was one of the early masters. Yeah, yeah. Really fast team, very competitive team. Um, didn't like to use that word, though, competitive <laughs> until oh, really. Yeah, because the, when I got to the club, there was like a crew eight, you know, like they had been there forever. You know, they were like launched in like they always went to the Charles. It was these four yeah. women, you know. And I was the youngest on the team by 15 years or something when I first came on the team. And then I started recruiting people and people started coming in who were my age. And boy, howdy, the level up. Oh, um, yeah. You know, all of a sudden we are like crew 14. We're like, <laughs> we're, we're not playing here. But those people okay. were, I like to call them my midwives of my rowing experience yes. you know, because they ushered me back into the sport. Yes. And they really showed me this grace and integrity um, that can come with rowing. So I'm yeah. always grateful for that. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, that's awesome. So last year you traveled to some amazing places to yeah. row, to race. What is on your schedule for 2023? Ooh, 2023, I'm hoping, well, I'm definitely going to Croatia. And then uh, regionals, obviously, is going to be in Chota Vista. So I grew up a little bit south of Chota Vista in the South Bay. So there's that. And then uh, Masters Nationals trying to get to the Henley in London. I've done that before with the San Diego Rowing Club, so that's great. But you just named some really big events. Are there any little, small, local events that you row with? Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. We, do we do Row for the Cure, um, which is always great. And then we have Fall Classic also down here in San Diego. Those are kind of the smaller uh, regattas. Oh, and then Desert Sprints. I don't know if they're even having it this year or if our team is going. So Desert Sprints is kind of a nice one. Is that Southwest Regionals in Chula Vista? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's great. I'm glad they're going to put some effort into that because that, that has kind of gone back and forth and back and forth. And Yeah, I haven't been to the Olympic Training Center, although I lived right up the street for so many years. So I'm curious to see the venue and how it's going to be run. It's just great. I love that regatta, Southwest Regionals. That was my first, I think that was my first regatta because they have novice rowers at regionals. So that's always fun. Mm. Yeah, I do have an affinity for, for novice rowers. I know a lot of people don't like to get in the boats sometimes with novice rowers because they say, you know, oh, it's bad for my back or, you know, whatever. But, you know, I always bring it back and say I was a novice rower myself before and I, I remember how I felt about it. So I love stroking boats and helping people that are new to the sport. It's just a wonderful yeah. thing. Well, it sounds like you're a utility player and and, <laughs> and a team player. And as a, as a learn to row coach, which is when I coach in the summertime, I always appreciate the people and I actually handpick my volunteers that come and help with learn to row because you want someone who is like, here, let me sit up a little bit taller and they'll row up when they row with you. They right. they always row up when you row with a, a more experienced rower. So thank you on behalf of all the learn to row. Yes. Yes. I love being the one that's learning too. So it's kind of both both ways. I mean, you know, there's always someone better and there's always something you can learn, even if you've been rowing for 20 years, 30 years, there's uh -huh moments all over the place. 
I agree. Last so, year I hopped in with a novice crew and the coaches really just needed one more person to fill out the boat and they needed a port. And I am a diehard starboard. <laughs> I said, okay, put me over there on port side. Like this is going to be my chance with the novices. I can't, I can't fuck up that bad. Like, <laughs> let me just oh get God. in and row port with the novices. He stuck me in stroke seat. And you know what? It was fine. It was fine. And it was all, it was a huge learning opportunity for me. After all these years, it was yeah. tough. like you said, like being able to help out, lead yes. the charge, show them the way um, is really nice to be. Able yeah. And then the learning, like I said, the learning never stops. When I started rowing, they put me on port. So I was on, on port for, you know, some years. And then um, Leslie switched me to starboard, I think in my fourth or fifth year, she's switching to starboard. Then I was going back and forth. And even now my coach now, Coach Pat, which he's great, Kington, um, I was like, am I a starboard or am I a port? And he says, oh, no, you're, you're, you know, pretty equal, which that's great. I hardly hear that. But I just love to, to be able to do kind of both things. It's, again, it's just rowing, you know, both sides or and, and installing. There's just so much to learn and it never ends. And I love that. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, going back to the both sides, because I was thinking what my point was, but I remember it was with Chinook and I was in a mixed eight and I had trained the entire time heading up to the Charles on starboard the entire time. When we got there, the guy says, I don't, I don't, I don't report. I had to switch with him. I trained on starboard the entire season. And then the day of the race, he's like, I don't row this. Like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> well. They got all in there. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. <laughs> it was fun nonetheless. Yeah. But just to be able to do that, I love that. You know, again, just learning. Okay. So, so, Donna, this is one of my favorite questions to ask uh, any rower, any coach, any anybody, any coxswain. Sure. Um, and that is, can you describe the perfect stroke? In my mind, I know it doesn't exist. No, no I wish I could. I can't. There's so many moving parts and there's so many... No, I wish I knew what, what the perfect stroke was. Yeah. And Fair that, enough. that's a perfectly good answer. We get, we get interesting answers from it's technically possible to it's not technically possible to aspirational. I wish I had a perfect stroke. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then some people have given me very clear memories. I was in Philadelphia one time and this older gentleman rower said it was 1979. We were on this river. <laughs> I was in this race. It was about the 750 and it happened. Oh, and, wow. And so, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I can imagine. I can, you know, how you're just at that cusp and you know that it's there, that, that feeling, that, that perfect stroke. I mean, is it? And then, and then after it happens, it's like, was that? I don't know. <laughs> Let me try that again. I don't know. Yeah. And there's so many uh, parts to interpret to that. But sure. I will say that I have experienced at least one, if not two or three strung together in San Diego at the Crew Classic. Wow. Um, in the recommit at the halfway mark and person sitting in front of me will vouch for it. She and I still can talk about it to this day and we have goosebumps that we felt like we were flying and it felt easy. Too yeah. easy. And it was our shift. It was our recommit and our shift. And it was the first time our coach, who was a real hard ass yeah. and in a lovely, loving way, said to us when we got back to shore, I wanted to be in that boat with you. We were like, whoa. I've been in a few, I've been in a few boats where it's, it's felt like that. And there's, it's just knowing when to put the pressure on and when to relax. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I, I don't think people think about as much when you're in a boat. There's a relaxed part of it. <laughs> Regain your, your energy for the next stroke. Yeah, on that recovery, if you can yeah. shut everything off, relax the shoulders. I always tell people, shoulders out of the ears, relax your face. You have a hundred and whatever muscles in your face, relax yeah, don't them. Face. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When we interviewed Eric Murray, uh, famously of the pair, he describes the point at which you put all of your effort in, that you feel it in that sort of C shape as you drive the legs and right before you swing back. And he said, as soon as you're done with that section, you're done. Yeah. That's where the heaviest and the most power is on the blade. Absolutely. So this, all this like, oh, finished, yeah. like, doesn't matter. It's when yeah. legs, lats, back, yeah. hips, everything is like, 
pushing it back. And yeah. then he's like, everything else is gravy. Just send yeah, it. I've heard that. I've heard that. And, you know, at the pen, after that, you're almost, you need to just get out of the way. Yeah. One thing that I remember Lindsay Dare Shoop coaching us at camp was we worked a drill where she asked us to stack, like stack yeah. shoulders yeah. to hips. Yeah. And basically stay there. She really yeah. minimized the swing into the bow and talked about really minimizing how much we use our arms. Yeah. And she was like, legs swing, arms mm -hmm. come along. And Tara, you like this concept too of like hands coming along into the finish. And yeah. so I'm used to you talking about that. And then Lindsay was coaching that. It's like, and I tried to bring that concept back to my crew. And they're like, what, what, like, you know, what are you talking about? That? You. <laughs> Hey, no, that's like level three. Yeah. That's like, you can't even think about that till like year five. Not only that, but it's, it's just amazing when everyone's doing that. You know, it's kind of hard when you bring it back to your club and then not everyone's kind of standing yeah. that concept or doing that, you know? Yeah. You right. Keep it with you, but you know, it's just different when everyone's doing the same thing. <laughs> so right. I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't ask you to sing something. And you're not phone, you're not <laughs> I mean, just what would, have you yes. ever sang at the boat? At, in, in the boat? I don't think I have. No. People come out to see my shows, but I, um, we were in Portugal and there was this castle that Leslie brought us to. And there was a room that was like just the acoustics were, uh, I don't even have words for that either. I, I sang a couple things there. But, so that was one. That was the highlight of my trip. That would be super special. Good acoustics are yeah, always good. Acoustics are always good. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see singers do that on TikTok and YouTube and stuff. They find a castle or they find oh, yeah, a, yeah. Sub, a subway station or something. Yeah. But if people wanted to hear you sing, do you have a regular gig somewhere? Yeah, they could they could email me <laughs> because I have recorded music. Yeah, but it's just around town. I'm staying at different casinos. I haven't this last year. I've been having to turn it down because of the bar. And stuff, but like Humphreys, we do sometimes Pachanga, Viejas, all of the, the casinos around here. I like uh, craps now more than I sing at the casino. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. That's, you know, I'm an accounting person. I love numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm curious, what is your favorite genre of music to, to sing and to play? Okay, so there's two. Well, to sing, I love, I love like kind of pop rock music. I love Stevie Nicks and I like uh, Amy Winehouse, and those are kind of like my go-tos, my favorite. So that, and then um, R&B, I like Rihanna. I like some country, kind of everything. But I do have a story, a singing story that I'll share with you real quick. So we were at the Henley um, with SDRC, and it was myself, a friend of mine who's also a rower, and then a prophet, also <clears throat> nameless. That was <laughs> so we were walking back after I think of practice, and then they said, "Oh, let's go into this bar and have a." a some wine or whatever. So we're in London, we're having, you know, this drink and they say, oh, there's a karaoke place downstairs. We said, okay. So we go in there. We end up staying there the entire night. There was a contest. I end up winning the contest. Nice. Oh. You know, they gave me champagne and then there's like all these people coming in, younger people in suit and ties, black suit and ties. They're, they're all here and then they're just popping champagne and it was like this amazing thing. I almost woke up thinking, did that happen? It yeah, was so great. Um, yeah, and it well, was Amy Winehouse too. They go, "What are you going to sing?" I go, "Well, I'm in London. I have to sing Amy Winehouse." So I did that. So that was like one a really good memory. That was so great. I love what happens after regattas. Like, there's so many good good stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just so great. And it's funny because I'm used to going out all the time. You know, that's just kind of what I what I do. And you know, the two I was with, I don't know if they they're out all the time. I'm like, we need to get back. <laughs> we got to get up early or whatever. They're like. Wanting to stay out. Yeah. I was like, you'd be a little bit of a bad influence on rowers. <laughs> I might be. Like, oh, no. I love it. This is not good. You know, yeah. you know, the shirt. It's like a uh, drinking team with a rowing drinking team with the rowing. Yeah. Yeah. I bought that shirt and I go, oh, no, it's worn out now, that shirt. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for chatting with us. It's been oh, no, nice to catch up with you. Yeah. We are planning to be in 
Indianapolis for nationals. We just rented a house because we realized Ooh. we can get on that. It's happening. We'll be there. So maybe, maybe. we can meet up there face to face. Oh, I would love, I would love to. There's a karaoke. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. No, all right. So the after nationals, I'm kidding. We kind were of. trying to get a very big house. We want to kind of have like a party house <laughs> and all that. Yeah, that's a And um, truth be told, like they're getting snag- snagged up really fast. Oh, I believe it. No, no pool party for us. We got a little bit <laughs> of We could do a yeah. karaoke party. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see you guys. That's going to be great. Yeah, so San Diego Rowing yeah. Club is going. So we'll, we'll, we'll be there. Thank you again. This was awesome talking with you and uh, have a great spring season. Oh, look at the bear. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, I'll keep you posted. Okay, yeah. okay bye, guys. Bye. bye. To see photos of Donna and get links to the people, clubs, and events mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes on our website. Hey, Rachel, I think some listeners might not know that Steady State is more than a podcast. Oh, I know. We should definitely tell them about Friday mornings when we get together for coffee chat. We talk about rowing and racing and technique, and then we deep dive into things like inclusion and leadership. Yeah, you're invited to join us Friday mornings at 8 a.m. West, 11 a.m. East, live on Instagram. Grab your favorite mug and be part of the conversation. And sometimes we all need buddies to help get us through those long workouts on the ERG. So we lead Steady State Sundays once a month at 6.45 a.m. West, 9.45 a.m. East. When you sign up for this free 60-minute virtual ERG workout, we provide cues and insights to keep you motivated along the way. Register at steadystatenetwork.com slash Sunday. Catch new episodes of Steady State Podcast every other Sunday. Coming up on the next episode, we travel to San Diego, California to spotlight Vlack. The oldest women's rowing club in the world, Zlack was established in 1892 by four adventuresome young women, Zulette, Lena, Agnes, and Carolyn. In 1973, Black member Patty Wyatt was instrumental in founding the San Diego Crew Classic. And today, Zlack continues to lead the way for community-powered rowing clubs. We'll talk with rowers and coaches about being a part of this legacy boathouse on San Diego Bay. Steady State Podcast is brought to you by me, Tara Morgan. And me, Rachel Friedman. Between us, we have nearly 40 years of rowing, coaching, and coxing experience, and we run successful rowing-related enterprises. Tara is the founder of Seize the Oar Foundation, which champions inclusion in the sport of rowing through team training, outreach, and thought leadership. And Rachel is the founder of RowSource, designing unique rowing gear for individuals, clubs, and events. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Seize the Oar and RowSource. Steady State Podcast is a production of Steady State Network. This episode was written, produced, and edited by Tara and Rachel. Rachel also manages our website and social media. Our theme music is by Jonas Hipper. So when you first mentioned her uh, after you came back from that Endeavor Racing Alliance camp in Arizona, uh, you mentioned Donna Pilly as someone who stood out to you as someone who'd be really fun to talk to, who had maybe an interesting story about how they got into rowing, and we wanted to dig in. So I'm glad we I'm glad we interviewed her. She's fun, like in the casinos and the singing yes. and far and like you don't yeah. hear that a lot from a masters rower. Exactly. Um, like I I was thinking about. I mean, everybody that I met at the camp where I met Don, everybody had an interesting story, but there were, I shouldn't say but, and there were a lot of very professional women. There are women who were police officers, people coming out of the Navy, CFOs of companies. Um, and yes, yeah, she's a professional woman, but she also just exuded this fun and love. Like she talked really lovingly about growing up you know, with her father and her parents and being connected to the Philippines and the food and having a very open home and wanting to bring that to her restaurant. And that just all felt warm and fuzzy to me. (laughs) Yeah, you can tell that she has a really strong connection to the sport because it comes from such a genuine place. And I love that she saw it on TV and she saw rowing on TV because we have heard that now 
a couple of times of mm-hmm. people seeing rowing in the Olympics on TV or some version of it, a television. And what's interesting about that is when you hear, when you meet those people later, they often think rowing is an arm sport because of what you see on the yeah. TV, see the leg drive, you know, as much. And um, I'm, I just love that. And, and the fact that it's televised and people like watching it, you know, it's really interesting. And 84, I can't imagine. And interestingly, now we're going to be headed back in 2028 to L.A. You know, um, we got to go. We have to go. I know. We got to <laughs> go. Let's, let's get our Airbnb now. <laughs> um, well, I thought she was just charming and so interesting. Yeah. But what a unique story about wanting to be in sport and just having this commitment and, and obligation to your family, um, being an English speaking from birth. Uh, raised here, you know, in the United States with immigrant parents and the the responsibility of that and mm-hmm. how that really doesn't allow for a lot of other things. But then this really fun, entertaining dad who uh, really inspired her and made this restaurant uh, as an homage to him. It's just, I love that. I mean, you know, my barbershop's an homage to my papa and um, mm-hmm. really can resonate with just paying respects that way. And I love how she really could see both sides of the story when it comes to elite rowing clubs where, yeah. yes, like let's get people together who want to work hard and are the best of the best and are going to move fast. But then you know what? In my local club, I'm going to hop in with the novices because I can help. Like that is fantastic. Or I would, I mean, the ultimate is I'm going to hop in a pair with somebody who doesn't have as much rowing experience as I do. And, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, they are going to be great because she sounds like the, the right type of person to be encouraging and bring them along. And she likes to row with novices. And I could see that that pair partner really just rowing up and getting stacked, like she said, right with her and um, making a fast boat. So I'm excited to see that comes together for uh, a regatta this summer. Yeah, you know, and she has 17 other things going on in her life, but I think that she would be a really great addition to a club board, if not um, if not coaching, but definitely on a club board. Um, wow. She's got real vision and leadership, and uh, she'd be a great mentor, I think, for some younger coaches. So I'm glad we got the chance to talk with her. Yeah, me too. Really fun way to start the day for me. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be a good one. And I love all the intersections, you know, Slack, SD, SD, SDRC, San Diego Crew Classic, there's Ed Schnook and Endeavor. There's all these intersections uh, of what her rowing experience has been and that she came to it later in life. You know? So Masters Nationals Karaoke. <laughs> Put it on the list. <laughs> so the, the language on the Endeavor website is interesting. I don't remember this being here when they first started the site, but it says, born from the desire to race hard with zero drama, We only invite athletes who have demonstrated the capacity to shut up and work. We train hard, really hard. We like nice equipment, getting shit done, and ice cold beer. (laughs) We won't apologize for rowing with other like-minded athletes whenever or wherever. So they have very clear opinions about what they've created there. In two, way enough. That's one, two, way enough.